Hello, everyone. This is Kevin Brownlee. Do you know what's the most famous question? Everyone asks it in one form or another at one point or another in their life. What's my purpose in life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing with my life that will be, well, pleasing to God or make a difference? But we all ask that question at some point in our life. So what is the chief end of man? Is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That is the most widely accepted answer, and I agree with that. In fact, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Paul says, Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And even the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, 7 says, this is God talking, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him for my glory. So you have been created to glorify God. And in all you do, you're supposed to glorify God. So that brings up another question. How do you do that? I mean, I think there are some things that you can do that don't bring glory to God, right? Well, if there are things that don't bring glory to God that you can do, then there must be things that do bring glory to God that you can do. What are those things? That's why I wrote the book, Your Glorious Endeavor, because I asked that question for over 25 years, and I've been researching it, and and I studied the Bible and found all of the places where that term, glorify God, occurs, and I tried to figure out what did folks do that did bring glory to God, and what does God say brings glory to Him, and I finally been able to put all of my thoughts and notes of all those years down into a book. And I've come up with 16 specific things that we can do to bring glory to God. Now, none of these things do we do to gain salvation, nor do they improve our standing with Him. Our standing is righteousness before God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross that we have accepted for ourselves. By repenting and believing that Jesus paid the penalty for the sins that we committed and wiped our slate clean. But because Jesus did that is why we want to do things to glorify God, kind of as a thank you. I mean, we get to spend eternity with Him and the things that we will be doing in eternity are based on what we did here in this life. So we want to do the best we can especially the best we can in glorifying God. Abraham Kuyper, who was a Dutch statesman and theologian, wrote this, Whatever man may stand, whatever he may do, to whatever he may apply his hand, above all, he has to aim at the glory of his God. Isn't that interesting? We're to aim at the glory of our God. So let me ask you, how's your aim? If the glory of God is the bullseye, how close are you hitting that bullseye? Or, sadly, are you even trying to shoot? And Gerald Bray wrote this, There is no theme more central to the message of Scripture than the glory of God. So we want to get this right. That's why I've been looking into this for all these years and was able to get it all put together and get a book out so that you can improve your aim (laughs) so that you 
can fulfill the reason you're here on this earth. Also, so you can greatly improve your relationship with God, your Christian growth, and actually have a full and abundant life of joy, as Jesus promised in John 10.10. And the book is called Your Glorious Endeavor. How to Glorify God, Be Well-Pleasing to Him, and Worship Him Acceptably. So I've arrived at 16 things. They're individual things, but they're actually intertwined with each other. What are these 16 things? Well, the first one is prayer. In this book, I tell you how to pray, how to pray as Jesus told us to, the four types of prayer, and actually how to pray without ceasing, like Paul said. I came up with, get this, 12 things that we can do as Christians that actually hinder God from hearing or answering our prayers. And so knowing what those are so that we can quit doing them is worth the price of this book in itself because I firmly believe that God answers every single one of my prayers. And I want that for you too. So that's the first chapter. The next one is faith. You know that we are all given a certain measure of faith, some more than others. You can probably recognize that in, in some people you may know. They seem to have more faith than you do. But I did find out that you can increase the amount of faith you have. How to increase faith is really important. And it's a way of glorifying God because God says in Hebrews that without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we want to be pleasing to him. And that will include increasing your faith. And at the end of the faith chapter is a section that's called the Faith Museum. Probably my favorite part of the whole book where I will take you on a visit of the Faith Museum full of vivid imagery and typology. A great way to learn all about faith directly from the Bible, from those that had faith and gained more faith and how you can too through this wonderful and very memorable afternoon visit to the Faith Museum. The next one is love. The most important thing we can do is love others. Another one is abide in Jesus. Abide. And that comes from John chapter 15 where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, you're to bear fruit, and you can't do it unless you abide in me. And so, hands down, the best way to get through life is by abiding in Jesus. In this chapter, I will tell you how to do that. The next one is obedience. You know, the Bible is a lot of rules, but they're all for your benefit and the benefit of others. God is not some cosmic killjoy wanting to ruin your fun. No, God gives you a lot of freedom, but he also tells you some things that will be harmful to you. But when you fully embrace obedience, life is to the full and an abundant life that is joyous and fun. I'll tell you how to do that in that chapter. Next one is acknowledge him. When we acknowledge God and all the things that he does and the promises that he has for us, life gets better. Next one is integrity. Do you want to stand out in today's world? Have integrity. Do you want to improve your job? Or maybe get promoted? <laughs> Have integrity. And God tells us in his word 
how to live a life full of integrity and rise above so many other people that are in this world. And that chapter will tell you how to do that. Next one is being skillful. This is a way of glorifying God, being the best at what you do in your job or doing things to the best of your ability. That's another way of getting promoted, isn't it? (laughs) If you're like really good and your business will grow if you're known as the best. This chapter tells you how to do that, how to be skillful, which is a way of glorifying God. Here's another one, influence. How to influence others and influence others for Christ, which is a way of glorifying God. Another one is image. And this one is really important. We are created in God's image, and we are to be like the image of Jesus Christ. No, we're not to be God, but to be like Jesus. And that is a wonderful way to go through life, endeavoring to be like Jesus, like a mirror image of God. The next one, and this one I had a hard time with, but it kept showing up as a way to glorify God. So I put it in the book, and it's probably the most important chapter in this book. It's on suffering. Yes, did you know that suffering is a way of glorifying God? This chapter tells you how to get through life's hardships and those horrible things that seem to happen to us in a way that glorifies God. Wow. The next one is being thankful. Thankful or thanks or thanksgiving is a biblical term that is one of the most important words in the Bible. And in this chapter, I'll tell you how being thankful will greatly improve your life and bring joy to your life again. The next one is praise. Yeah, we all think that praising God is a way of glorifying Him, and that's true. And this chapter tells you how to do that. And giving as a way to glorify God. Yeah, we assume that. But did you know that most churches have a lot of erroneous teaching on tithing and giving? And I will tell you what the Word of God says. And you know what? When you do things the way that God says, it's actually fun and enjoyable. Giving to God is enjoyable? This chapter tells you how. The next one is how to study God's Word. Wouldn't that be cool to know how to do that? And to do that in a way that is uplifting and will give us strength and courage throughout the day and to help us get through our day, especially through some hard times. (laughs) This chapter tells of the lies that the enemy has most of us believing about the Bible. We get rid of those lies and get right to the truth. We also do this. If someone were to hand you a huge book, like the size of War and Peace, and tell you to read it, it'll improve your life, you probably wouldn't do it because it's big and daunting. It's probably very similar with the Bible, isn't it? But I will tell you in this chapter how to break it down to little tiny pieces that you can handle for just a few minutes every day and how to get something wonderful from those few minutes every day. And once you can study really good, we see a pattern in Scripture that we're to teach others. And that's the last way of glorifying God here is teaching others. We need to turn around and start teaching the younger folks. And this tells you how to glorify God in doing that. Okay, now you're probably, oh boy, overwhelmed. But let me tell you something that blew my mind when I was researching this and coming up with these 16 things. 
When I sat back and looked at these 16 things as a whole, these 16 actually define true worship. Worship. Worship is more than singing, folks. These 16 things add up to the true definition of worship. So then I went back through the Bible and especially zeroed in on when Jesus taught on what worship is. And that brings me to the last chapter, chapter 17, which is the true definition of how to worship correctly, the way that God wants to be worshiped. Why is that important today? Because folks, sadly, a lot of churches have really watered down what worship really is, depriving God. And that is why somebody needs to redefine worship and to do so the way God wants to be worshipped, right from the Bible. Which is why I designed the cover of this book to show that all 16 of these things grow to produce the fruit of true worship. Now, I intentionally made sure that this book was released the 1st of December because this will be the most important gift you can give to any Christian, including yourself. It is available for you to purchase at any place you get books, okay? This book is not a self-published book, got the attention of a major publisher. And so it's available through Ingram to any bookstore. So if you walk into Barnes & Noble or any place that sells books and you ask for this book, it's available through Ingram, which is the one place that they buy all their books from. They place orders with Ingram every day. So it won't cost them any extra. So if they don't have it on the shelf, ask them for it. And they'll special order it for you. Usually when they do, they get two of them. So they put one on the shelf. It's also available on Amazon, as well as Target and even Walmart. And yes, if your church has a bookstore, it's available for you to purchase there too. Folks, I guarantee that these sweet 16 words will transform you to an abundant life of joyous purpose, glorifying God and being well-pleasing to Him, including how you worship. Thank you, folks. If you have any questions or any comments, you can always email me at kevin at bluejeanschristian.com. 